Hello and welcome to another episode of Matter of Mindset, the podcast that helps you create a happier, healthier mind. My name's Emily, mind and wellbeing coach, and it's my job to help people reduce stress and find calm so they can have a work-life balance and actually feel happier and healthier in what they do every single day. I hope you're well wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, and I hope that you're taking care of yourself in the best way that you can. I've just been really fortunate to be away on holiday in Thailand for the best part of three weeks, so I'm feeling really grateful for that time away. And that's why there's been a bit of a gap in the podcast. I've taken some time out to just relax and restore. And now I'm home and feeling really happy to be here, really grateful to be back and actually really fired up for 2022. And that's why I wanted to do an episode today all about this year ahead. I didn't want to do it in January. I feel like January can be a bit of a month that's all about the pressure to set intentions, set resolutions, be the best that we can be, restrict ourselves from doing things. January can be a hard slog. So I thought I would take my time, ease in and give you this episode in February so we can start to just gently think about what we would like this year. So this week's episode is going to be all about how you can set yourself up for a mindful new year. A year where you have intention, you can cultivate more awareness and you can try and adopt an attitude towards yourself and others that's less judgmental, that's curious and kind. Some key qualities and things that often we don't focus on, especially when it comes to another year. And yes, like I say, it's February and you may be thinking, but it's too late to set intentions or goals because January's gone and I've failed. But that's sort of my point with this episode, is thinking about the year ahead in a more mindful way. Uh, It's about allowing yourself to start or restart now and not judge yourself for not starting sooner. It's about trying to flip that mindset from oh, like I should have been doing this already from like the 1st of January to, well, I'm here now and I'm willing to try. Because life is full of ebbs and flows and throws unexpected things at us all the time. And often we'll have an idealistic image in our heads, but reality kicks in. So I'm here to help us just ease into this year ahead and think about what we would like to be, do and have, of course, because that's the wonderful part of being human is to have those aspirations and desires, but also bring some kindness to ourselves with those intentions or thoughts that we set for ourselves. So whether or not you've set intentions or resolutions, I think this will be really helpful for you anyway. So before I share how you can have a more mindful year, you know, one with intention, awareness and kindness. I want to talk about the main problem that we face sometimes when it comes to the start of any year. You know, aside from it being colder and darker than the rest of the year, I'd say the main problem we struggle with, which I've kind of just mentioned, is the distance that we have between our idealised life and our actual reality. So we often have this daydreamy image in our minds, especially at the start of a new year of this year is going to be this magical year. I'm going to make all these changes. 
life's going to transform. And whilst that image is very important and positive, sometimes when reality kicks in or something bad happens or interrupts that thought, we come crashing down really quickly. We've maybe gone a bit too high, a bit too idealistic in our thinking that we just stop altogether and we think the worst of ourselves and what we're doing. And you may want to obviously start afresh and have these great images in your mind about how you'd like to feel, what you'd like to do, and what you'd like to have. But I'm here to help us just be more realistic and more mindful. Because yes, we all want to build healthier routines and we all want to secretly think more positively, even if we kind of poo-poo that idea. But change doesn't happen overnight. And that can really frustrate us, you know, we're all human, we all want to advance, but that can frustrate us. And we can begin to be hard on ourselves if our reality doesn't quickly match up to the vision that we've got in our heads of everything going well. And unfortunately, personal change doesn't happen overnight, but actually that's a good thing because once we come to accept that personal change does not happen overnight, we come to just see that as a chance to start again and show up each day and every day just to try again and show up for ourselves. You know, personal change takes time and it's not our fault that we want these quick results because that's the messaging that we see everywhere. The truth is we need to accept that real lasting change does take that time. It requires our energy, it requires our motivation It requires a supportive mindset and supportive environments as well. It also requires you, like I said, showing up for yourself each and every day to try again, even if you've gone off track, because that's the reality of being a human. So I just wanted to say that up top and wanted to explain, you know, that can be the battle we have in our minds just so we can even just take a breath now to go, yeah, okay, Emily gets it, you know, we're not all going to reach this idealistic image we have in our heads. And, you know, life is life, challenges come our way. We can have great times in our lives, we can have great years, we can achieve, we can do really well. But when challenges come our way, we need to be kind to ourselves and we need to accept that that's the reality of life and it will ebb and flow. But having a more mindful attitude can help you deal better with those challenging times. It can help you have more intention, more awareness, more curiosity and kindness to yourself and other people. So let's dive in on how you can start to have a mindful year. First off, I think it's really important to focus on how you'd like to feel rather than what you want to do. Now, this is something I talk a lot about with my clients and my followers online, and it's something that I try to embody each and every day. How do I want to feel? This can be a difficult thing to think about, but it it takes practice to tune into, well, how do I want to feel this year? And even just sitting with that for a moment, how do I want to feel this year? Do you want to feel more calm? Do you want to feel more confident, connected? Just starting to think how you want to feel. Maybe for you, you know, if you are sometimes 
struggling with this, you might focus on how you don't want to feel. You know, I don't want to feel stressed or I don't want to feel overwhelmed or I don't want to feel pressure to do things I don't want to do. So just starting to think about what you want to feel and what you don't want to feel and then think about those things you've maybe chosen, like if you want to feel calmer and that's a word that really resonates with you, then think about what you need to do to get yourself there. If you want to feel calm, what are those small little actions you need to take to feel calm? You know, the first thing that I'd come comes to my mind is, can you make sure that you make time each day to tap into what makes you feel that way? Whether that's breathing exercises for a few minutes in the morning, or whether that's a, a bath, you know, once a week to relax and calm yourself down or whether it's tuning into calm music, what are the tools and the practical things you can do each and every day to help yourself feel that calm? Maybe you want to feel more confident. So again, what are the things that you need to think about doing more of to feel confident? Is that speaking up at work or in relationships, even though that can be scary, having that bravery? tuning into that bravery or even writing down you know what you are good at to increase that confidence so what we're doing here we're thinking about how we want to feel and connecting to that word and then thinking about well what are the smaller practical actions I can take to actually embody that word again if you want to feel more connected that was another word I picked out when I was just thinking about these words that we can kind of cling on to this year well if you want to feel more connected how again can you do that can you reach out to people a little bit more even if you think oh I might be bothering them they might be busy just reach out they can say if they're too busy or can you join a club again having that kind of bravery to lean into that that nervousness that you have and just see what happens Often we get caught up in our minds and then when we do something, we go, ah, actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. So I'm encouraging you to think about how you want to feel this year and think about a word that you can use to anchor that feeling because words are so powerful and we can use them to tap into emotions, wants, needs and desires. So choose a powerful word this year that you can hold on to, that can be your reminder to find that calm, that confidence, that connection. Because when you do that and you focus on that word, your brain will start to find evidence and start to find things to help you to feel that way. It will take time, but that is how the brain works. So give it a try and choose that word and set one intention from that word that we talked about, pairing the feeling with that small action. So the next way that you can start to have a mindful new year is to embrace a beginner's mindset. Now, this is a principle of mindfulness that is so lovely, and I connect to it so much because often being a beginner is sort of frowned upon. We're not used to being beginners we're not used to 
quote, quote, not being the best at something or not being good at something, when actually embracing a beginner's mindset actually gives us a lot of freedom, a lot of joy, and it allows us to have less pressure on ourselves. Often when we come to set new habits, we have that idealized version of ourselves in our heads. And this can sometimes put us off even starting something new. Or it can pull us down as well if we suddenly go off track, like I mentioned before. So with new habits that you want to instill in 2022, just allow yourself to be a beginner, to not be perfect at something. I actually encourage and invite you to think of a habit you can form where you are going to be a beginner and just see how that unfolds, see how that makes you feel. Try to let go of that perfectionist mindset. You're probably not going to be perfect at something straight away. Many of us have this kind of all or nothing attitude as well that can get in the way. So what I mean by that is, you know, we'll either want it to be this like all, I want everything from this new habit. And if I, if I don't get everything that I want from this new habit, what's the point? Flipping to that nothing attitude. And this can really hold us back from actually living a fulfilling and happy life. So I really want you to try to embrace this beginner's mindset. It will bring more fun into your life over time. Of course, at first, if you're not used to doing this, it will feel uncomfortable, but try and lean into that. Remembering that when we do something for the first time, it's going to feel awkward and weird because it's new but just lean into being that beginner and try to have fun with a new habit. Something uh, to give you an example to help you think about this attitude could be exercise and movement. Maybe in 2020, you want to improve your attitude to exercise. You want to maybe do more exercise. So instead of having an idealistic mindset around that, where you're going to say, I'm going to go to the gym four days a week or five days a week and do this, this and this. It's going to be perfect. I'm going to show up every day. I'm going to do everything to my like maximum effort and energy. You know, that is great to have that intention. But also, can you just say to yourself, well, I'm kind of new to this. I'm going to commit myself to doing two like things a week, two classes I'm going to even try to do something new. Maybe I'm going to try to do something like running outside because that's something I've not done before, if that's the case for you. Or instead of doing all those intense workouts throughout the week, I'm going to try a little bit of yoga to mix it up a bit. I've not done that before. I'm going to embrace that beginner's mindset and see what happens. So it's just about making sure that you are allowing yourself to to just try something without putting a perfectionist lens on it. And it's about making sure that you do dedicate some time to just letting yourself feel into something new and being a beginner and trying to let go of that all or nothing mindset and remembering that something is better than nothing. And that brings me on to my next tip, which may help with what we've just spoken about in regards to that habit around movement and exercise. So that's to set realistic expectations for yourself. So if we want to have a mindful new year in 2022, we've got to be realistic. 
Now, this can be hard because <laughs> as humans, again, we often overestimate what we can achieve in a day or a month and we underestimate what we can achieve in a year. And sometimes our expectations that we set for ourselves or put onto ourselves aren't realistic. They again kind of feed into that idealistic image of, of life that we have. So if we don't suddenly meet them overnight, we're harsh on ourselves, we say we're not good enough, and all of this negative self-talk kicks in. So I'm here to encourage you to set realistic expectations for yourself so an example again for this, going back to the exercise routine, could be, well, instead of saying four times a week or five times a week, say two times a week for 20 minutes, half an hour each time. So that then if you do that, do those activities, you're proud of yourself and you feel like, yeah, okay, this is realistic. This is a good step. And then you can up it if you feel like the two or three times was achievable for you. It helped you to feel like not stressed and it was realistic. So it's just checking in with that and that is good enough. And it's about showing yourself that you don't have to just go all in and do it every day. You can just do a little bit less and still get such value from something. Another similar example with setting realistic expectations for yourself could be the habit of journaling. Now, I have a client that got in touch with me and they said they had a new journal and they didn't know where to begin. They hadn't started writing in it yet because they wanted that experience to be perfect. They saw that beautiful, pristine page ahead of them and wanted to write such beautiful words and not make any mistakes when actually they needed to cultivate that beginner mindset. Maybe they needed to think, well, what's realistic here? What's the expectation I'm putting on myself about starting this journaling habit? And how can I make that more realistic? Because what they were doing was putting quite a lot of expectations on their journaling practice. They were wanting that journaling practice to be perfect, to make them feel the best they've ever felt. And even though they have really good intentions to do something to make you feel your best, sometimes it can hold us back from actually doing it and showing up. So I actually encourage that client to think about the reason why they were doing that journaling practice, making it an easier expectation, an easier invitation. So what we came down to, which was more realistic, was they're going to journal each day just to capture their thoughts. It just feels less pressurizing than I'm going to journal every day to feel the best that I can, to feel the greatest that I can. Whereas actually, I'm going to journal every day just to put down my thoughts. It's easier, it's more realistic, and it will still have that same benefit. And it will help that client start that process, start that habit, rather than get caught up in what that habit's meant to be like and have that idealistic image that they don't do anything at all. So sometimes that overestimation and that idealism can stop us in our tracks. So take a moment and pause and think about, well, what's realistic for me? What could I easily do? Or how can I frame something I want to do 
So it's easier for me to actually complete because then you start going on this momentum of taking a smaller step each day to be a better version or a happier, healthier version of yourself with less pressure. And also what's really important to remember with any new habit or any expectation that you have put on yourself, that it's okay to adapt and change and tweak. That's not a sign of failure at all. It's actually a sign of you being adaptable and resilient and smart because if you just like keep on going down a path that's not working for you, that's going to be detrimental for you. So you can adapt, you can change and you can tweak and that is a talent and that is a skill and that's something to be proud of, to stop and go, this isn't realistic for me. I'm not going to do five workouts a week or I'm not going to pressurize myself to have a perfect journal every day. I'm going to work out twice a week and do a bit of yoga. I'm going to try and journal, you know, once a day. But if I don't, it's fine. My intention is to just try and do it as often as I can. Again, just less lessening the pressure on yourself. Something is better than nothing. So another thing that can pull us down from feeling good about the year ahead And having a mindful attitude, remembering that mindful attitude is being kind to ourselves, being curious, having awareness, can be the way we speak to ourselves. We'll soon switch from being optimistic about what we want to being harsh towards ourselves for not doing, being or having enough. When we are enough, just sometimes our limiting beliefs and our thoughts get into our mind And unfortunately, our inner critic can can come in. So it's really important that we become more aware of how we speak to ourselves. And we try to recognize and reframe those thoughts when we can. So I invite you to try and notice how you speak to yourself. And if it's in a harsh way, ask yourself, well, what would a compassionate friend say to me instead? How would they encourage me? How would they support me? This is sometimes a really helpful technique if we can't frame our own thinking, is to think, well, actually, what would a friend say to me? It helps us to be less harsh on ourselves. So it's about recognizing how we're speaking to ourselves. It's about becoming aware if we're being hard on ourselves. And it's about trying to challenge that harshness and that inner critic and asking us a compassionate friend or other what they would say to you instead so to be more mindful this year really tune in to how you're speaking to yourself are you being supportive of yourself for the things that you're doing or not doing because that's fine too just be a little bit more supportive and one way to do this again might be through a journaling practice Can you think, well, what encouraging words do I actually need? What pep talk do I need every day to be kinder to myself? And remembering those key words of being kind and supportive. Let's try and avoid the word should. A lot of people use it. I've used it in the past. Sometimes use it now still. A lot of my clients use it. And this could be a great example. Sometimes that inner critic can be like, well, you should be doing this and you should be doing that. Why are you not doing this? You should do this. And sometimes it comes out in our language too, doesn't it? We'll say like, oh, I should do that or I should do this. 
And that drags our energy down. Even me saying it now, you might hear the energy like, oh, like dragging. And this is the power of words. So I want you to try and reframe your thinking and your words. But also just catch yourself if you say the word should. Let's just use that one as an example. So if you catch yourself using that word should, can you think, well, I could do this. It's an option. An example would be, again, let's use exercise. I should exercise. Well, you can say to yourself, well, I could exercise today. Will it make me feel good? Will it boost my mood? Am I doing it in a mindful way? Am I doing it to be kind and supportive of myself? The could just allows you to make a choice. There's no should around it. Let's just remove that pressure from ourselves. Invite yourself to do things through the word could. Another great reframe that I know I've talked about before and with clients can often help us get through things that we sometimes don't want to is the phrase I get to. So this can really help us to actually cultivate more gratitude in our lives. Sometimes, again, we think, oh, I should move my body or I should eat the right food or I should get this done or I should see this person. When I get to can help open that up and make it feel so much more positive and actually bring gratitude to the things that sometimes feel like a drain. So I get to move my body. I get to work today at my job. I have a job. I get to eat this beautiful food. I get to work on myself. I get to try again. So instead of being harsh on ourselves saying I should have done this or I should have done that better, I get to try again. Or I get to show up. Just being kind to ourselves through the language that we use will help you create a more supportive mindset really important, the power of our words. So tune in, try to not use that word should, and just open it up a bit more and reframe your thinking and your language. So as well as thinking about how we speak to ourselves, it's really important as well to think how we react to others. So while being mindful is about being aware, kind, curious, and non-judgmental of ourselves, is also about trying to do that with other people. Now, a good way to help you to cultivate this attitude with other people is to try and remember the phrase, pause before you, dot, dot, dot. So this is a technique I came up with for myself, actually, and now give to clients. So remembering to pause before you, okay? So what I mean by this is pause before you, send that text or pause before you send that email. You snap back at someone. You say yes when you wanted to say no or you say no when you want to say yes. Or pause before you're hard on yourself, catch yourself. So it's inviting you to pause between your response and your thinking. So you are allowed to take a moment before you respond to someone else. Because sometimes if we're feeling stressed or anxious, we might snap at somebody and that energy might just flow out of us on autopilot without thinking. So having a pause helps us to think, well, how do I want to respond to this person rather than react? 
this gap allows you to think and actually choose the most appropriate response. So can you remember to hit that pause button? Even maybe saying that to yourself, like slowly, like pause, or getting a little sticky note and writing the word pause and putting it on your laptop. You know, often at work, we'll get emails that might really frustrate us, might piss us off, when actually, if we just pause, take a breath, remember that they've got their own baggage, they've got their own way of communicating, but we can choose a mindful response because actually if we respond in a more mindful way and we don't react maybe in an aggressive way, we'll actually probably get like more what we want out of that situation or certainly feel calmer about the situation. So this is an encouragement for you to just hit that pause button And this is not always about like being, what's the word, like super polite after you've paused. This is about just pressing pause when someone said something to you or you've had an exchange with someone, pressing pause and thinking about what the most appropriate response is for you. Because that could be setting a boundary. It could be expressing how you feel about something. But what it allows you to do is not be as aggressive or reactive. It allows you to think about what the best appropriate response is for that person or that moment. And that might be setting a boundary, which can be difficult. It might be showing kindness and understanding. It might be just expressing how how you feel, like I say. But it's coming from a, a thought out place rather than a reactionary place. And this again takes time to cultivate. So be kind to yourself if you can't crack this straight away. But just remember that word pause, pause before you do something. Just have that gap a few seconds to think about what the actual thing is, what the choice is that you want to make. So something else that I think can really help us to be more mindful is a classic one that I say and a lot of people say is not being on our phones as much. Now, I'm not going to tell you to go and throw your phone away and never go on it and always have it locked away because that's just not possible. You know, technology can be a great thing and our phones connect us to so many things in our lives which are fulfilling and great for us. But our technology and our phones can zap our attention. They can take our time away from us and they can actually make us feel especially social media, more negative about who we are, what we're doing and what we have. So we need to start to be intentional about our phone use. To be more mindful this year and be more supportive of yourself, you've got to be intentional with your your use of your phone. And I really invite you to do that. So a really quick way to do this when you are going to grab your phone is ask yourself three questions. What for? Why now? What else? So this is exactly as it sounds. What are you picking it up for? Why are you doing it right now, situationally and emotionally? Then what else could you do? Either to achieve the same end or just a totally different alternative for that moment in your life? So what what for, why now, what else? 
And for a short period of time in my life, I put these three questions as my screensaver on my phone. So when I picked my phone up, I'd see what for, why now, and what else? And it would create that gap, actually, that I just talked about between, you know, responding to something. I'd go, well, what's my intention here? Why am I using this device or this phone? And sometimes, you know, what for would be to connect with someone. Why now? Because I know that will make me feel good. What else? Well, for that, I could obviously think what the alternative could be. But sometimes it's okay to, you know, use our phone for good reasons, for intention. But there were other occasions where I just picked my phone up like automatically, like so many of us do, and asked myself, what for? And I'd actually be like, oh my God, <laughs> I don't know. Why now? Uh, probably distracting myself, probably procrastinating from work or something. And probably emotionally, if I thought about it, wanting to feel connected or wanting to feel good or wanting to feel engaged with something. So the what else took some time to obviously think about, but could I instead go for a walk, even five minutes and voice note a friend or call a friend or get some music on to feel, you know, engaged, connected, like I said. So it's about thinking, well, what emotion here am I wanting and what else could I do? So again, it's just about being intentional with that tech use to have a bit more mindfulness in your year. And maybe, you know, you can use that screensaver idea. I also invite you to try and put your phone away at night before you go to sleep. And also try to do the same thing in the morning so you're not looking at it first thing. Now, this can be a hard thing to to do. So again, just embrace these things slowly but give it a try. Maybe for you, it'll be putting it away half an hour before you go to bed in a different room and just see the difference it makes. Get an old-fashioned alarm clock or a light alarm. Just see the magic that unfolds. You might feel weird at the start because you, your brain will want to reach out for that phone. But over time, you'll think, oh, what else can I do? Oh, I can just have a few moments for myself without my phone or can read a few pages of a book or can make the coffee or the tea and actually just like tune into that vibe instead, instead of something else taking my attention away. Or you can put a habit there, like the reading of a few pages of a book or journaling, that you felt like you didn't have time to do before because you were automatically going on your phone. So another great thing to try and do to make your year more mindful is checking in on your tech use and trying to make positive steps to improve that digital well-being. So, of course, I couldn't do a podcast on having a mindful new year without talking about practicing mindfulness for yourself. So often we find it hard to actually sit down and meditate. So I'm not actually going to encourage you to do that. I'm going to invite you to try and practice mindfulness in a daily activity that you already do. That way, it will be an easier habit to form. Some people call this like habit stacking, where you are matching like a new habit. So a habit of practicing mindfulness with an existing one already. So let me give you some examples so you can actually be like, well, when would I do this? 
again, if you are aware of me and my work and who I am as a person, you know I love going out for walks. So that is my main tip for you, to try and cultivate mindfulness and practice mindfulness while you're walking. It's the easiest, most accessible way for you to practice being more present, feeling calmer, feeling grounded, and feeling curious as well. And the way that you can do this through walking is just tuning into your senses. That is the simplest idea that I can give to you. Going for a walk with your phone, either at home or in your pocket, and walking with more awareness, thinking about what can I see? What can I hear? What can I smell and what can I feel? Even if you're tuning in to feeling your feet on the ground, you're tuning in to how your arms feel as you walk, maybe you're recognizing things you've not seen before or you're noticing people walking by and you're just, you're just having more awareness in that practice. And that is mindfulness in action. So can you bring mindfulness into an everyday activity like walking or another one which I try to do is washing up so washing up used to be this massive chore that I'd be like oh god do I really have to do all this washing up whereas now I'm such a geek about it I love doing it and it's because I bring a mindfulness attitude towards it now this might be a step too far for some of you but if you're washing up, can you <laughs> feel the sensations of the water? Can you look at the water and the bubbles you're creating and notice what you notice? Can you look out of the window as well and, and notice what you can see out there and actually say to yourself, oh, like I can see this or I can see that. And honestly, tuning into that helps to cultivate this present awareness that so many of us want. We want to feel present and grounded. But instead of sitting down and closing our eyes and trying to do that, we're practicing it in everyday life. And even though these things seem ridiculous and funny, it, it will bring you into that present moment, which is what you want. You want to connect to that moment. And by doing it and practicing mindfulness through these everyday activities, you'll be able to better show up with presence with other people. You've practiced the skill of being present, of being grounded so that you'll be able to have that attitude with somebody else there. You'll be able to notice what they're saying, to listen to what they're saying, to see what's going on and to feel differently and tune into how you're feeling, whatever that may be. You know, mindfulness is not about feeling blissful. You know, you might get that and you might feel calm. But it's just about being aware and being there. Really important to remember that. So try and bring mindfulness into some everyday activities, just paying some attention and see how that works for you, particularly the walking one. It'll help you switch off from that autopilot to just being a bit more present, maybe even helping you to just slow down a little bit and connect a little bit more as well. So if you're wanting to actually set some intentions this year, and you might have already done that, and you may be wanting to form some new habits, then I'd like to encourage you to think about three things rather than a big long list. 
So my next tip is based upon just thinking about three things you could do this year in 2022 to be more mindful, to have good intention, to be kind to yourself and to be curious. The attitudes of mindfulness, bringing those into this year. So my next tip is to create your own magic three. So this is something that I do for myself and it's something I've started to encourage clients to do as well. So magic three, one habit that's good for your mind, one habit that's good for your body, one habit that's good for your soul. And you get to decide what these are. I can, of course, give you inspiration and ideas, but you actually know you best. You might not think you do, but when you tune in, you can think, well, what habit is good for my mind? What habit is good for my body? What habit is good for my soul? And actually just tune in as I'm saying this and think, what are those things that come to mind first? And often they'll be the ones for you and you can try and see how you feel with them. So to share maybe literally off the cuff now my gut ones that I could think of, one habit that's good for my mind, I'd say is paddleboarding. <laughs> Just came to my head then. There's plenty of other habits, but let's go with that one. Paddleboarding makes me feel such peace when I'm doing that. A habit that's good for my body, I'm going to go with yoga. But I'm actually going to caveat that and say just 10 minutes, you know, three times a week. That is good for my body. That's one habit. It's good for my body. A habit that's good for my soul. Now, of course, the yoga, the paddleboarding, good for the soul, definitely. But again, thinking off the top of my head, what's one habit that's good for my soul? And, and immediately, I think, walking outside, wherever that may be, hiking and stuff like that. So whilst these maybe aren't daily things that I can do in my life, they're things that are going to make me feel good in mind, body and soul and things that I might think, yeah, like they're things I want to make time for. So try this for yourself. It's quite a fun thing to do, even off the cuff. And you might also want to just check in, well, what's my magic three for this month? And then you can choose those things for mind, body and soul that you want to go and do. Bring a bit of excitement into it and see where your curiosity takes you with it. I literally just did that off the cuff and thought, oh, yeah, OK, cool. I know engage in those things more because that's clearly what my intuition wants me to do. So you get to decide what your magic three is and tune into that. And by the way, tell me what they are. I'd love to hear if, uh, if and when you think of these. So my final few tips are going to encourage you to pause, reflect and observe and continually grow your self-awareness, which again are the principles of mindfulness. So to have a mindful new year this year in 2022, we all need to try to recognize the small steps that we're making every week, every day, every month maybe for you. Small steps count to big changes. It's like what I said before, if we are caught up with perfectionist thoughts and thoughts in our minds that hold us back, we won't start and we'll ruminate and we'll get stuck. 
So taking smaller actions actually gets you to where you want to be rather than thinking, oh, I've got this mountain to climb. It has to be perfect. Recognizing the small steps is more beneficial. So become aware of the small actions you're taking and make note of them. Maybe once a week on a Friday, have a little hour where you can go, what are the small steps I've taken this week to taking care of myself, to feeling happier, to feeling healthier, or whatever you are working towards. Spend some time thinking, what are the small steps? And make note of them. Another part of this could be scheduling in some reflection time. Now, going back to those small steps, on a Friday, I have half an hour in my diary that says, write down your small steps, your small wins for the week, however big, however small. So scheduling in reflection time and this time to recognize what we're doing and how we're getting on will help you to continually make positive changes. So with the reflection time, can you think of a time maybe each week or fortnight, maybe more realistically, to just reflect on the progress that you've made, what's gone well, what's been a challenge, and how can you make some positive changes? Just taking this time out will really help you to do a little audit of what's going on. And maybe within that little audit, if you give yourself, you know, an hour or two a fortnight to, to think about this stuff, can you think about where you're spending your time and your energy? Something I talk about a lot is recognizing where we're putting our time and where we're putting our energy. Remember, we often overestimate what we can achieve in a day and we underestimate what we can achieve in a year. So tuning into what you're spending your time doing and who with and where your energy is being spent and just checking in well, what are the small changes that I could make? What's making me feel good? What's making me feel not so good? What's nourishing me? What's depleting me? And making changes accordingly. So if you want 2022 to be better, take that one step at a time. Take that time to reflect. Try and bring mindfulness into the everyday. And remember, it's okay not to be the best at something. It's okay to try again. It's okay to stop doing something if it's not working for you. It's okay as well to get support. It's all right to ask for help. And it's also okay to struggle at something and find something hard because that's what life is like. But we can all do hard things. So remember that. So I really hope you've enjoyed this episode on how you can create a mindful new year this year. I hope it's given you some food for thought of how you can support yourself and how you can create a kinder mindset as well. So I hope that you've taken a lot of value from today's episode. I really hope that I've helped you to just shift your mindset a little bit and to think about what things you can be doing now and next to just be kinder to yourself and to cultivate a happier, healthier mindset. If you are interested to take your personal growth to the next level, then I do work with people on a one-to-one basis online and in person in Manchester. So if you're interested in coaching and getting the support of me to help you feel happier and healthier 
and reduce that stress in your life and find calm and even do the things that we've talked about in today's episode, then please reach out to me. My email is matterofmindcoaching at gmail.com or come and say hello on Instagram and we can arrange a free chat, 30 minutes for you and I just to get to know each other a little bit better and see if we want to work together. I would love to hear from you if you're interested. So do come and say hi and let me know what changes you're thinking of making. So a reminder as well of a journaling workshop that I have coming up next Sunday. This might even help you with some of the stuff we've talked about because journaling can help you to process how you're feeling and thinking and what you're doing in your life. And it can then help you to make those positive changes. Journaling might even be a habit you want to instill. So if you're interested in journaling and you want to learn more about why and how to do it for better well-being, then come to my workshop. It's online so everybody can attend. It's on Sunday the 13th of Feb, next Sunday, 11 a.m. Bring a coffee, bring a brew, and we'll all just have a lovely hour 15 together in that morning. I'll be sharing my story with you of how journaling has transformed my life and my thinking and I'll be helping you to cultivate that habit for yourself in a mindful way bringing in some of the stuff that I've talked about in this episode today as well so if you're interested to find out more about that then come and say hi on instagram at matter of mind coaching and I would love to connect with you regardless anyway follow me there say hello and if you are interested join me next sunday for that journaling workshop So thanks again for listening to today's Matter of Mindset. If you haven't subscribed already, then please do follow or subscribe. And I'd really appreciate it if you could rate and review this podcast. So until next time, take care and be kind to your mind. Mm